The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Hello, this is your host, Jimmy Gould. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of A Current Life, brought to you by Smart Water, Wild Things Gear, and AdSpace Small Network on the Voice America Variety Channel. Uh, as many live shows, since this is a live show, we've uh, made a change today as Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes will be uh, joining us next Friday uh, at 3 o'clock uh, East Coast time. And... Uh, we really want to take this episode as an opportunity to address some of the many questions that our listeners have emailed into the show, which you can do at a current life at yahoo.com, and also share a little bit of my own personal journey with some of our listeners, as well as some of my close friends who have traveled around the world and may be calling in and give us a chance to interact a little bit with them. As usual, we've been accepting live calls, so if you have a question for me or any of the people who have uh, called previously, I will attempt to answer that. Uh, the number is one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. I really want to start by kind of giving a sense of why I agreed to do this show and how it came about. This show is really about the journey. It's about the meaning, really the meaning of life behind the journey, what it's all about, why we're here, and why we struggle through a day-to-day trials and tribulations. It's easy to talk about the view from the top. It's a lot more difficult to look inside and talk about the journey and what it takes to get there and really why we're all on the on our own path and our own journey. For me, it uh, really started with a phone call that, you know, a number of years ago where someone asked me to, to do a tour to speak and, and go around and talk about a number of the initiatives I had been a part of, the businesses that I'd helped create. Uh, whether it be movies, sports, or entertainment, or in, in retailing or consumer. And I really um, didn't want to do it. And I thought about it often. And I guess a number of months ago, I got the call from Voice America, and I decided, you know, kind of like my friend Fred Marison said in the back nine, I really wanted to take some time and make, really make the opportunity to look inside and, visit with the people that I knew and some of the people that I wanted to get to know and talk about their journey. So I agreed to do a variety show. Uh, it was not designed to be about business, uh, although obviously business is incorporated into it. It really was more about the challenges that we all face every day, which certainly today, more than ever, we're facing uh, as a country and, and, and around the world, whether it's loss of jobs or 
people hurting in so many different ways, and, and it's about the hope that all of us strive for on a day-to-day basis. So really the show is designed to have guests who have traveled long journeys for success and to success and for them to share their journeys so that it may help people identify with some of the things that really they you know, can identify with. So um, I think that uh, we may be fortunate enough to have a very special friend calling in. Uh, he happens to be my climbing partner. Uh, I'm very proud of having climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and with my dear friend, Will Cross, uh, who just came off of Manaslu, which is the eighth tallest mountain in the world in Nepal. And I think we have about five or ten minutes with him calling from the airport. Will, are you on? I'm on, Jimmy. It's good to hear you and be back safely from Nepal. Well, uh, this is indeed an honor. I, uh, I have tried to track you down over the last couple of months while you've been climbing and, uh, you know, we're obviously very dear friends and we had the chance to climb Kilimanjaro together and I really would like to take a few minutes and have you talk about some of the journeys you've taken and really what got you into doing that. Uh, and I think our listeners would enjoy hearing that and welcome back safely. Thank you. I, uh, well, I enjoyed our journey up, Kelly, that's for sure. Um, I was involved in a project called uh, the Novolog Peaks and Poles Challenge. And what I was trying to do was to climb the highest mountain on each continent and walk to the North and South Pole. Uh, the particular difficulty was that I've had type 1 diabetes for 35 years. And so what I tried to do was combine research fundraising as well as the you know the huge goal of actually getting up those mountains um, as part of the complete journey uh, so that's it in a nutshell but most recently I'm just back from Monoslu which is the eighth highest mountain in the world uh, it's a beautiful classic mountain with rock and snow on the summit um, 27,000 feet how long did that take you I was gone for uh, just under two months. Wow. Well, you, need, you need a lot of time because you need to acclimatize. So you go up and down the mountain two or three times before you actually put on the oxygen bottles and then go for broke. Um, and I summited, uh, let's see, October 5th, bright and early in the morning. Well, I, I think for our listeners, you've climbed all seven peaks, which was really one of my many wow moments in my life was, when I really felt like I was losing my edge in life, I, you know, read some books and some stuff, and I ended up meeting you. You were actually in Cincinnati doing a uh, motivational speech, and we met. You were writing your book at the time, and, and it asked me for some help, and I had asked you to be my guide to climb my first mountain, uh, which I trained in really over a two-year period and in order to climb the tallest uh, mountain in Africa which I did with you, and uh, you gave me great motivation. You overcame your obstacle, and at that time, I really felt a great sense of depression coming on in my life, and it really helped me uh, turn my life around, I think, at that time. I had just met my new bride, my new girlfriend, my you know fiancé at the time, Marcy, who you got to know, and we got married in Africa. So it was a turning point in my life, and you are, have played a big role in it, and I want to thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it, Jimmy. It was, um, it's always exciting as a climber to 
to climb with someone who's new and has a particular goal and to see that unfold in the sort of the mental and the physical and the emotional process of chasing after something that's important to you is, uh, from my perspective, incredibly satisfying. And, and I think, I think that we both found that in that trip and, and, uh, I have tremendous value in that as well. And, you know, Kilimanjaro, a beautiful place to get married, right? Well, it was spectacular, and I'll talk about it at the end of the show, a little bit about my Maasai wedding to Marcy and how that was such a special moment. You know, uh, I do want to touch upon something that I don't think a lot of people know, and that is that you have walked uh, across the North and the South Pole as well, correct? Exactly. I have. That was part of the Novolog Peaks and Poles Challenge. Um I loved it. I enjoyed it, but I cannot recommend it. That's for sure. It's just just happens to be one of those things that I enjoy doing. You know, I like I do like the cold. I like the misery of an expedition. I like I like what it requires of you to function. And uh, you know, some people find that in business. I, I guess you do, Jimmy. And some some guys find it on the football field, and I find it in the cold at, in Antarctica in particular. Well, I hoped you kept a little bit warm up in Manaslu with a little bit of Wild Things gear, did you? I had some great Wild Things gear, in particular a new uh, lightweight jacket that they have that, that now has a, a waterproof, weatherproof finish on it, which I had a lot of luck wearing. And um, I always wear their, their pack. I particularly like the lightweightness and the affordability of their ice sack was what I was wearing on this trip. Well, one of the luxuries of having your own show and doing a show like this, you can plug your sponsors because they're so <laughs> unique that they're behind an Internet radio show like Smart Water and Wild Things Gear and Ad Space Small Network. And Wild Things Gear is, I mean, I live in it, so I can tell you that it's a, it's a great garment and it's really been fun because you get the authenticity that it came from over 40 years of a heritage uh, that is, you know, Tatoon, uh, the founder of the company, you know, Marie Munir, uh, really helped create and that Ed Schmoltz has really taken to the next level. So uh, I'm really proud to have you back. I'm still not giving up on Everest. I want to at least go to base camp, and uh, uh, hopefully before uh, my time is up, you and I will find another mountain to climb. I wish you nothing but Godspeed and all my love and my dear friend, and thank you for calling in, and I look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Great, Jimmy. It's good to hear you. Thanks for having me on the show. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to climbing again. Well, be safe, okay? Thank you. Uh, that leads us through our first segment. Uh, it's really uh, been wonderful to hear from Will. You're listening to A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. I'm Jimmy Gould, your host. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How has your belief system been formed? Has it been based on others telling you what to believe? Do you desire to make changes in your life that you know will bring you deeper fulfillment? Tune in to The Ripple Effect with Katherine Cloward for your weekly dose of inspiration and encouragement. Whether it be in your business, personal relationships, or family life, this show will help you recognize and trust your intuitive knowing. Catherine and her guests will help inspire you to make fulfilling choices for your life. The Ripple Effect is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Well, welcome back to A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. During this segment, we'll respond to a number of questions that listeners have emailed into the show and also take some live calls from listeners. Uh, we actually have a call that's already come in, and um, I think he's joined us already, Bill Strickland. Bill, hello. It's Jimmy Gould. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? Well, first of all, I appreciate your calling in. Uh, you know, I, I want to tell our listeners... Uh, a little bit about Bill. Uh, Bill told me that he's been following the show for the last three weeks, and um, I've encouraged him to obviously come in because, as some of you may have figured out by now, there's a, not just a bunch of people that we work with. We have very specific goals when we build businesses, and they're always around the relationships of special people that we get to know. And so we create businesses, form businesses, create opportunities around those relationships. And one of my most special relationships has occurred, well, really over a decade, but I've certainly known about this gentleman, Bill Strickland. He's a sports attorney and agent for over 28 years. He's recognized, you know, by the Sporting News and other sports-related publications as one of the most influential people in sports. And during his career, he's negotiated over $2 billion worth of contracts in both the NBA and the NFL. His clients have included Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Alan Houston, Rashid Wallace, and Joachim Noah. And today he continues to manage the business affairs of both of, of many of his clients, both on and off the court. And Obviously, we're going through a lockout right now, and there's no NBA uh, at this moment. 
And, uh, you know, I have spent almost two decades representing over 70 players in the National Football League. And so, Bill, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and any questions you have or, you know, just, just really relate to the listeners what it's like being an agent of your stature. Well, I, I appreciate the intro, Jimmy. I'm a big fan of the show, and it's, it's a delight for me to be on uh, today. Uh, uh, it obviously this, this labor situation is is one that's stressful, but as you well know, we we encounter other kinds of stress. And as we've represented players over the years, I know we've tried to provide guidance and influence both in terms of their careers and away from the fields or floors. Uh, but uh, I, I was curious about something. I, the reason why I was calling, I, I was curious about something with you. You know, during my career, I've had an occasion to to have a client who died on the um, basketball floor, and uh, uh, you know, because of their competitive nature and stuff, and uh, it's impacted me as much as me trying to impact him with with guidance. And and you've had a similar situation with Corey Stringer of the Minnesota vikings where he died of heat stroke which is still a big issue uh in and around sports even going down to the high school level but uh i know that when hank gathers at, at lmu died and i know when working with michael at one time i recommended he not come back to the floor following an injury when he came right back anyway he told me he knew his body better than i did and he went for 56 points at madison square garden on his first game back <laughs> So you know you kind of caught that was an all day for you, but with Corey, I, I'm just curious how how were you able to to work through that? Because I know you ended up in litigation with the NFL for ten years, and you started the Corey Stringer Heat Institute with his uh, with his wife Kelsey, and and it's and it's a something that stands as a monument to your efforts as well as unfortunately a monument to his death. But how did that impact you in terms of how you represent players and stuff? Well, I first of all, um, you know, Corey, Corey Stringer was really my first client and, and like a son to me, and I have continued to represent the family. And I would say throughout your life there are different dates and times and, and people that mark different periods of your life, and certainly that was one of them. Uh, walking into the hospital uh, and seeing Corey past was just uh one of those moments that uh, you never forget, and right. and and it had such a an impact on me. I, I never intended to sue the NFL. I never intended to sue the Vikings or anybody, the doctors or anyone. But there were so many unanswered questions to his death, and there were so many, you know, attempts that just uh, were not answered to try to settle the thing that we ended up in litigation for a decade. Um, the good news out of it, if there is such a thing. There's always a silver lining to things. We're, we're supposedly only handed by our higher power that what we can, you know, that which we can handle. But came the Corey Stringer Institute with the University of Connecticut, um, that Kelsey, his uh, wife, and and I and Dr. Dacasa formed, and and really we did it in conjunction with the National Football League with Roger Goodell and Jeff Pash and Gary Gertzog and 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 with Gatorade and with Timex and with so many people that have joined in. To make sure that something like this never ever happens again, and you know, through it, I've watched Cody, his son, grow over ten years. He's now, you know, uh, almost thirteen years of age, and and you really just it, it changes you forever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it changes the way I look at all this because when I started representing him, I remember being asked by his brother 
what you know what what will you take care of him you know not just today when you're trying to get him as a client but what if something really goes wrong i never dreamed that something as you talked about gathers is something like this would ever happen and i said right. of course i'll take care of him and that's why i pursued it and I'm so proud of the relationship I've built and that we've built together with the NFL, and I'm so incredibly respectful of Roger Goodell and Jeff Pash and and, and Gary that I can't tell you because you know the 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 former regime just would not talk to us, and 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 here we now have an institute that is going to do a lot of good. A lot of the owners have gotten behind, like Mike Brown, and Jerry Jones, Chip Rosenblum. And others that we're going to make sure that we get we deal with sudden death, and we make sure that the Pop Warner leagues can benefit from it. So, yes, it did define a lot of my role for years and years. I didn't recruit as a football agent, and all of my players know we have captains on every single team that represent the Corey Stringer Institute, and we'll have a big fundraiser next June. And we do great work at the University of Connecticut. They're a wonderful partner. They're an incredible partner to have in terms of dealing with heat illness. And people don't understand it's a cure, it's a cure it's a preventable disease. Once you got it, your body temperature is never the same, and and we are dedicated to making sure that everybody understands how to prepare themselves for it. So, well, you, you're you're to be commended on that because I I know when I've had occasion uh, again, just one situation uh, kind of close to me involving death, but. You know, we are vilified in the press a lot of times, like you see right now during the NBA lockout, is agents having their own agendas. But when, when you see someone like what you've done with Corey, and 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 I've had occasion to do um, with a client or two, when you stand there as people supporting people and going beyond just the business relationship, you know, there's something a lot of times in our business is absent and. Uh, you're to be commended. I, I, I've I observed it from afar. I respect that, and uh, and I knowing how I feel about my clients, that that's where there's a kindred spirit here in in, in terms of that kind of support. Well, uh, thank you for that. I, I guess I would ask you, you know, what is a what is really a day like for you, walking in your shoes as a sports agent? I mean, you know, a lot of people have asked this question. Actually, Kyle from Houston, Texas, asked me the question. In reading my bio, you know, what's it like being a sports agent? So I'll ask you the question: What's it like being a sports agent? Well, um, I, I've one that is I have faced a lot of challenges in my life, and I know when I embarked on it is because I was close to ball players, uh, such as one that's in the Hall of Fame now, Eddie Murray, for example, in baseball, played with his older brother, and I know what circumstances he he came out of with the number of siblings and. And, and low income, and there was no one there to advise them. And for that matter, when, when I got drafted by the Dodgers out of high school, I think that really was the genesis of my interest because I had no one, I mean no one, to advise me from a business perspective. And I had to make my own decision based on talking to other ball players. But I like that challenge. And knowing that you're, you're doing something meaningful, working with people's uh, influencing their lives on a daily basis. And then I'm sure you can testify to the fact that there are times when from day to day you really don't know what you're going to encounter. And I like that as well because you have to, you have to be quick on your feet in certain instances and anticipate what might be coming and realizing that sometimes your advice or your, your guidance uh, will impact the players' lives and career. And oftentimes the players come with their families. And so you find yourself 
doing an array of things and and as a lawyer I look at it like every client I'm 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 a general practitioner a many law firm right. as it relates to that particular well, we have so I, I find that challenging interesting intriguing and and it keeps you going sometimes when you, when you feel like uh you can't keep going you just you know you you've got someone uh right. depending on you well, we have a call, which uh, is, I, I guess, Adam from Oxford. Adam, are you on the line? Adam? I think Adam is calling from Oxford, Ohio, if he's still on the line. I think it was a question for Bill and I, so he's probably gone, so we'll move on. I, I, first of all, I agree with you, Bill. I mean, I think you have to roll with the punches, and, you know, you never know what's coming. I mean, a phone can ring, and, you know, somebody's, somebody's you know, dying or you somebody's in trouble or somebody's you know uh, got hurt or i've had so many incidents over the two decades of representing football players and and you know uh i will say when i started out as you know i was getting calls at three four o'clock in the morning and right that stopped real quick uh so i started <laughs> to get my own life and have kids that were young and and you know i just couldn't take those calls anymore and then you start hiring interns and people and there was another question posed to me um you know, how does somebody break into the business? There was an Ashley from Jackson, Mississippi called, you know, what advice can we give younger listeners that are unable to find jobs out of college, you know? And this particular person graduated from the University of Mississippi last May and hasn't been able to find work yet. And, you know, my quick answer, and maybe you have a different one, is, you know, you know, get an intern job. Whatever you got to do, get in the job. Get in the door. Get your foot in the door. Because once you're there... You know, you can find something to bring in, you know, whatever. But don't be all enamored with the sports agent business. You know, just get your foot in the door and figure out how you can contribute. And and that really makes a huge difference. Uh, we've hired probably north of 20, 30 interns. And a lot of them have stayed with us or moved on to other positions and had us as a reference point. Do you have any suggestions? For those yeah, I, it, on, in that respect, uh, one of the things I say with the with the young people I've, I, I speak to at business schools and law schools and interview from time to time is be understanding and clear about why you want to get into business. If you're enamored with the sports or celebrity, then I say you can continue to do that. Just buy yourself a ticket and become a fan. And, but realize you you have to put in real work with real people. But I, I, I agree with you. You get in the best way you can sometimes volunteering, learn as much as you can, and, and treat it as if it's a full-time, permanent, paying job, uh, and, and network effectively. And, and a lot of times I'm dealing with law students, and one of the first things I tell them is go out and just pass the bar, learn how to be a lawyer, and then you're able to contribute more because this is a people-driven business. It's overhead-sensitive given the collective bargaining agreements, and you want to be able to bring something to the table. And um, just the desire to be around athletes or to help athletes is oftentimes not enough. You have to bring a discipline just like in any other profession and uh, bring it to the table and be able to contribute that way. Let's take one. We have about a minute before this segment. What's your prognosis on the lockout? Uh, I, I think tomorrow is going to be a huge, huge day. Uh, I've been through uh, an effort to decertify before, uh, but unfortunately I'm predicting, uh, it looks like right now, that uh, the players' um, leverage is eroding. and you're, you're looking at cancellation of the games through the end of the year for almost for sure. And if they start again, 
before what is scheduled to be the All-Star game. I'd be mildly surprised, although I remain hopeful, but I, I, I don't think it looks good for the rest of this year. Well, for those who are listening, there are 2% difference in sharing of revenues, which is about $100 million. I personally think the world of David Stern and Adam Silver, and I know a lot of the owners, and I know a lot of the players, obviously, because both Bill and I have represented a lot of the players. When you're 2% difference, it's 52 versus 50%. And the fans are going to suffer. They ought to just stay up and stay in the room until they get it done. That's all there is to it. And maybe create a pot and figure out how they can split the pot up by making the pot bigger. But yeah. certainly everyone, particularly in our tough world today, you know, needs outlets and needs entertainment and needs opportunities. And you don't kill the sport over that. So I feel very, very strongly, and I hope that they're able to resolve it like we were in the NFL because that was a very difficult time and and. And sports sometimes don't recover very quickly from it. But, you know, if teams are losing money, they've got to figure out how to make money. And if players, you know, uh, are taken advantage of, they're going to fight for their rights as well. So you and I have both been on both sides, and we understand it, and I hope that people will resolve this. Uh, Bill, I want to thank you. You're a dear friend. You're, you're a person I respect greatly in sports and have known for close to two decades. And I want to thank you for coming on. I hope you'll continue to listen to the show. All right, I will, and I appreciate the opportunity, Jimmy, and I wish you well. Thank you very much. Well, looks like it's time for another break. Uh, you're listening to A Current Life. I'm Jimmy Gould, your host. The show is brought to you by Smartwater, Wild Things Gear, and Ad Space Ball Network. Stay tuned. Thank you. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. At Wild Things, we've been making alpine clothing and packs right here in the USA since 1981. In fact... We began by stitching together extremely light climbing gear that guys on the mountain were trying to make on their own. It was a big deal in 1981, making Wild Things the gear of choice for some of the world's most demanding alpine climbers. Of course, the climbs and the climbers are now the stuff of legend. Inspiration for the next group to realize the freedom of moving over rock and ice in a fast and light way. The rest, three decades of elation, Misery, epics, and near misses, we put back into everything we make. Light, durable, functional, packable. Wild Things Gear is made and tested by those who live in it. Available exclusively at wildthingsgear.com. Stay wild. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. 
If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is a current life at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Well, hello, everybody. This is Jimmy Gould, your host, and welcome back to another segment of A Current Life. We've been visited by a very famous mountain climber and by a very famous NBA sports agent, and uh, I got the pleasure of having a very dear friend, a client, and someone I respect a great deal also join us. Uh, his name is Frosty Rucker from the Cincinnati Bengals, the starting defensive end. Frosty, welcome to the show. Hey, man, it's about time I can squeeze some time to get in on you. You're a busy man. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm told that this show is maybe a favorite of some of your teammates and certainly of you. We do it every Friday, and I know you guys take your time off at the end of the day to prepare for the weekend, but I'm glad that some of you are listening to the show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one thing about uh, being a well-rounded person, and, you know, you got to listen to other people to try to – to get to that point in your life, you know, it's never too late to listen, and you're not too old enough to, to learn. So I'm glad I listened in. I can learn some stuff. I was just listening to you talk to Bill, and you guys hit some key key points. You know, I, I actually had a question for you. What is the, if you don't mind, we're going straight to that, what is the main thing that's the difference between the lockout I was just uh, encountered with my career this past off season and the one that's going on in the NBA? What's the big difference between it? Well, first of all, the lockout uh, by its own nature is, is, the, is the same since the owners are the ones locking the players out. In the past, we've had a lot of strikes, which the players are striking and not and refusing to come to work. In this case, both the NFL and the NBA, the owners felt they were not getting that they were losing too much money or not making enough money, and that the players were right. making too much money, so they shut the doors and told you you couldn't come to work. In this case, they've settled pretty much all the issues, but they're about two percent apart. And that represents about $100 million. I think the distinct difference, uh, at least this is my opinion, I think there are a lot more teams in the NBA losing money than there were in the NFL. I think the NFL teams felt they should be making more money because those franchises were valued higher. And there were a lot of differences regarding the health and well-being of the players. And, you know, they wanted the players to play 20 games in the NFL, which was never going to happen because it would be too dangerous for you to recover and too many injuries. So... Here, I think it's really a question, how do you get healthy teams? Because if teams aren't healthy and they're losing money, uh, there won't be a season. Quite frankly, I think a lot of the owners in this particular case would rather sit out an entire season than pay the players and play and give in on that 2%. I don't see it happening. I think at the same time, you've got a lot of fans out there, and fans are hard to get. And as you know, having played in the league for as long as you have, it takes a while to get fans back because the trust level disappears um you know i did want to take a second and 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 let the people know that you you are a an exceptional athlete uh i've represented you now for a number of years you're out of the university south uh of southern cal a great football program uh uh, third round draft pick starting defensive end for the Bengals. the Bengals are on quite a run right now what's your thoughts about that you know i think we're uh first of all you hit the, the the head on the nail with all my, you know, my bio was pretty good. I like to say a rather charming individual, handsome, but I don't <laughs> want to go there right now. But we are doing well. Um, we're playing with a lot of confidence as of late. 
Um, you know, a lot of teams didn't quite, how do I say this? It, the not positive things didn't come out of that lockout for a lot of teams, and a lot of people weren't working, you know, just the nature of the beast. If no one's there to push you, you know, why do it? But, you know, for some reason with this team, I think uh, I, I could say the majority of the people worked very hard in that off season, and when we came together, we came and we clicked, and, you know, starting with a rookie quarterback and a couple young guns, we've we've been able to turn the corner, and we've been playing great, you know, and it's working out. Um and I think a lot of people around the league, around the country, are listening, and they can see it on TV, and we're, it's a very positive thing for us. Well, I think, first of all, I think the team is playing great, and I think it's playing as a team. Uh, we have a caller, Ann, from Oxford. Ann, you on the line? Yes. Hi, Ann. How Hi, are Ann. you? Hi, good. How are you? <laughs> good. Well, welcome to A Current Life. You have Frosty Rucker from the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm Jimmy Gould, your host. What's your question? Um, I was just wondering uh, what obstacles you went through in your life that helped shape who you are today. Wow, that's a big one. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let both Frosty and I answer it. For me, uh, it's that I grew up where my entire life was laid out for me, and I was going to be a lawyer, and I guess end up running for the U.S. Senate, and everything was laid out for me. My mother had died when I was very little, and I went to law school, and after about a semester in law school the university of wisconsin i quit and i just wasn't happy and so i decided to start over and at that point in time i was pretty much you know told you know it's all done you you're on your own and i had to start everything from scratch and 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 it was a tough road uh maybe not as tough as a lot of people face it but uh i had to kind of learn who i was and i think one of the big things that happened to me was when my father passed away it was a big wow moment for me because I realized I had lost both my natural parents and that there was nobody there to tell me right from wrong or what I should do about this or anybody I could go to. I think that's one of the unique things that Frosty and I have developed as a, as agent and client, agent and player relationship. We have great respect for each other. I think you get that because you get thrown in the fire together and you recognize that you have to pull from inside yourself. It's not about the outside. It's about the inside. Uh, Frosty, you have something to add to that, maybe? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, some similar things, um, not not in-depth with, you know, you losing your parents or not. I haven't had that happen to me. But, you know, a lot of people go through different obstacles, and you just, just the fight in you is what brings you out of those. You know, um, myself, uh, single-parent uh, home growing up, and, uh, the only boy grew up with my mother and two older sisters, and there was really no one there to teach me how to be a man. My dad was around, but he wasn't in-house. And, uh, you know, my mom, you know, sat me down at a young age and told me, you know, you're going to go through things and you're going to maybe go through good things and bad things, but the good are going to outweigh the bad, and I can't teach you how to be a man, so you're going to have to make some, some choices and decisions on your own, and you have to learn from them. And... I think, for the most part, um, I've been staying positive with my life the whole way through. And, you know, I'm a fighter, and not many obstacles can, you know, really put me down. You know, as long as you stay positive and stuff like that, things will work out. Well, I think, Ann, first of all, thank you for your call. And uh, uh, and please stay. I hope you'll stay as a listener of A Current Life. Uh, you know, Frosty, I, I think one of the great things that, that happens 
you know, as as what we say maturity sets in, because, you know, Fred was a guest, and you know my partner, Fred Marison, you know, he talked about the front nine and the back nine, and obviously we're, you and I are different generations, and he and I pushed the edge of the envelope, and his great thing was how do you keep your edge but come off the, the edge as you get older in your life and wiser. And one of the great things that's happened and I've gotten a lot of this from you and a lot of this from our relationship is, you know, trust is a big, big deal. Uh, you know, in the, in the sports business, there's not a lot of trust. Uh, you know, owners don't trust players. Players don't trust owners. Agents are not trusted usually by anybody. And the funny thing is, you know, you meet people along the way and you really have to look at them as an individual. And I got to know you personally and you have an incredible, um, uh, what I call center about you. You have uh, uh, the ability to be able to uh, just say what's on your mind, and you have a great, um, great amount of character. And and I know that I trust that in you. And so, therefore, we can talk about anything, and we can argue, and we can look at it. We've even agreed to go into business ventures together. You know, and 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 look at 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 the glass half full, and not always take the negatives and, and get above that. I, I commend you on that because I don't see that. I mean, from a lot, of, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the athletes haven't learned that. And the earlier you learn that in your career, the better and the more successful you're going to be in life. Don't you think that's true? I, I very much do. You know, uh, it's about being guided in the right way. You know, like Jimmy was just saying, and, you know, when I, when I first started in the league, I had two other agents and, the trust wasn't there. One was just for a paycheck, I felt like. Uh, you know, didn't really call and check in on me. I was injured my rookie year, never heard from him, and, you know, a lot of things like that. And that, that right there, when you're on your own in a different state on the other side of America, it's kind of tough to just be on your own and in situations that you, you're not familiar with. And, uh, you know, about the time I got Jimmy's my third agent and, you know, I'm, I have a friend in my agent, you know. It's, it's the guidance I get that keeps me going that when I'm having a rough day and I need someone to talk to to get me through a, a situation, you know, you, you always have someone to lean on. And I, and as, as you say, Jimmy, I, I've built so much respect for you in that aspect, and I wish more athletes would have someone in their, their corner like yourself, you know, because you're just not an agent. If you want to just be called a super, you should be a super agent if that's the case. Thank you very much for that. I, uh, you know, I was asked recently uh, from some reporters about my relationship with Mike Brown and and his family, and you know, and a lot of people I know, you know, don't understand why the stadium's not full and a lot of things going on. And I explained to them that I've known Mike for thirty years. I built the United States Football League as one of its founding members. And took a lot of players away from the NFL to the Uf- USFL. And through that, we really developed a friendship and a trust and a respect level. And, you know, uh, I look at things differently. He could have gone out of the city and taken the team to Baltimore when Modell did. And quite frankly, you know, I have a lot of history with him. When he tells me he's going to do something, he does it. I don't even need to have a, any more than a handshake. And it's happened in 12 different occasions. So... I really think that you're with a special owner. I know a lot of people don't know him the way I know him. I know that he sees in you a very special leader. Uh, I think the city sees that. The community sees that. 
you've worked hard to develop that relationship. I commend you on the full 360 that you've given this town. And I think you're on your way to greatness, and I think you're on your way to some real uh, benefit to the city. So I wish you nothing but the best, and we'll be there in your corner, and part of what you're doing is you're moving ahead. And I hope that you'll pass this show on along to the other guys so that they learn a little bit from you and maybe a little bit from me. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Hey, man, my pleasure again. Um, thank you for being there for me, man. You've done a great job, and, you know, we got a lot a lot to learn, a lot to live, and, you know, a lot of things to accomplish, and sky's the limit. Well, you got a great mom, great family. Give my love to her, and uh, you've been listening to another segment of A Current Life on the Voice America channel. This is Jimmy Gould, your host, with Frosty Rucker from the Cincinnati Bengals. Go Bengals and beat Tennessee. You got it. Who day? Who day? Take care. Uh, stay tuned for our last segment coming up in a couple of minutes. Thank you. News, opinion, can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll free one eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. VoiceAmerica.com. You were born a visionary. How do you get closer to your personal vision? Tune in to Visionary Radio with Giselle. Our program is all about evidence-based positive change. Giselle and her guests will bring you stories of positive visions achieved, hope and renewal designed to inspire you in ways that matter in your life, in ways that last and bring you closer to who and where you want to be. This program is for and about real people. And we want you to be a part of it, too. Tune in to Visionary Radio with Giselle every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. With today's outside pressures and current realities, many of us are feeling a loss of control and freedom concerning our lives, business, and where we stand in society. But that can change. Tune in to The Power of the Human Connection with Chris Schultenover. Through the art of storytelling in authentic human terms, we lead you to true and honest realizations and collaborations to better your life and the lives of others. The Power of the Human Connection is heard live Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really bad. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Well, welcome to the fourth segment of A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, your host. You've just uh, had the opportunity to visit with Will Cross, the great mountaineer, mountain climber, who's walked the North and South Pole. Bill Strickland, one of our most famous NBA agents, who's represented numerous clients and done over $2 billion worth of deals. And, of course, one of the upcoming big stars in the NFL, Frosty Rucker of the Cincinnati Bengals, a defensive end. I really want to focus this segment uh, on 
kind of some questions that have been sent to me over the first three shows that we've done, a lot of them directed, I think, at me and kind of how I got where I am and, and, and a little bit of that. I, I want to start by first thanking Smartwater uh, as a sponsor. Uh, they took on this show when, obviously, it was a new venue and a new type of show, and I want to thank them and Wild Things Gear and Ad, Ad Space uh, Mall Network. Uh, again, uh, if you haven't seen the Mall Network in the malls, 130 malls, 1,800 screens, it's really remarkable. And Smartwater, I hope everybody's gone to the site and seen Jennifer Aniston's video because it's remarkable. So my thanks to all of them. You've heard about Wild Things with Will Cross wearing it on the eighth tallest mountain in the world, 28,000 feet. I want to start kind of talking about what life means to me and some of the moments that have changed me and made me into the kind of human being that I really want to be, and that is somebody who is aware, awake, living out loud, as Fred Marison says, somebody who's not afraid to take risk, and somebody who appreciates the particular wow moments that hopefully all of us get in our lives. We all need that. We all strive for that. It's part of hope, and it's part of being who we are. Um, as I look at my life and look back on it, um, obviously the birth of my two sons, Lucas and Dylan, uh, the marriage to my current wife, which was so unique because it was in Africa and it was at a Maasai wedding, and just seeing her come down escorted by all the Maasai warrior women was just remarkable. Overlooking the Nogora Goran Crater in Tanzania was unbelievable. Uh, the beauty and the passion and the just the quality of it all and the and the uh, simplicity of it was really special. Uh, the moment when we saw the baby cheetahs play near us on our safari in the Serengeti on our honeymoon. Uh, the moment, quite frankly, when I sat next to Corey Stringer's mother when he passed away and uh, the death of my father, which really was as difficult as it was, it was really a freeing moment when I was forced to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life. And I've had several questions about how did I get where I am. I certainly didn't start out wanting to host a radio show or build businesses, whether they be Build-A-Bear or represent sports figures and make movies and Broadway plays. I really started out being a lawyer and or wanting to be a lawyer because that's what I was told to do. And I think, you know, in the questions that have been asked to me, you know, what was my first job? My first job was parking cars and then working in a drugstore. And then, you know, kind of just anything that came along, because I, I don't know that I had a lot of confidence that I could do much of anything. I was always told that I was able to do those things, but I didn't believe it. I don't know if it was from the death of my mother when I was very little or what, but I think all of those things, all of us have moments when fear drives us, and and we need to overcome that in order to be able to, really get the clarity to go out after those things that, in my opinion, God gave each and every one of us, which was really intuition and our gut instinct. And we have to follow that. And And I followed that. And eventually, when I turned 30, I said, I love to build things. I love to build things with people. And I love to build things that are dreams, that are ideas. And I think I see into the future what those things could be. Uh, pretty much like the crazy ones that we read about in the show with Fred Marison, you know, that you look at a blank canvas and it's this great work of art. So I'm somebody who is uh, 
you know, a creator of things, and that's a very important part of also being young, and that's really what has driven my life. Um, uh, you know, questions have been asked of me, how have I gotten to know Nicholas Sparks and Maxine Clark and Sensei? These are all people that have touched me throughout my life that I've either had businesses with or come in contact with through people. Obviously had the opportunity to be the first investor, along with my partner Fred Marison and Dan Staten, to invest in Build-A-Bear. Uh, from one store to where it became 400 stores in a global franchise and a global business led by a very special person in Maxine Clark. Meeting Nicholas Sparks and spending time with him at his home in New Bern, North Carolina, was really a very special moment. You know, meeting a man who was a pharmaceutical salesman and wanted to do something different in his life. And so he wrote the notebook. And then he came to Cincinnati and he visited with me, and I realized immediately how he touched people really touched their souls, really touched beneath the surface, and that people were just so blown away by him. And I became an avid fan of his and had become a close friend of his, and we're actually looking at, at, at doing a play of The Notebook and, and of doing other things together. And Sensei, well, Sensei's a godfather to my, to one of the godfathers to my boys. I was actually part of making one of his first movies, Steel Justice with Seal Award. And I got to know him as a friend and as someone that I could trust and as someone that I wanted to have a, a future relationship with as a friend. And it is difficult as you get older to make friends when you're older because normally you stick to the people you knew when you were younger. It was easier then and you had easier subjects to deal with. Luckily, I still have a business partner today who has been my best friend for over 50 years, five decades. And that in itself is unique. So those are the defining things in my opinion. You know, I think probably the most important lesson that I ever learned was really the adversity. It was really, you know, kind of the power of the adversity, the barriers and the boundaries, the things that are put up in front of each and every one of us, how you have to overcome it. Otherwise, it defeats you. Orson Welles used to say that the greatest gift in the world was adversity because if you took it and made it work for you, you were that much more uh, able to do the things that you wanted to do. So, you know, I'd say the toughest question, actually, that I have to answer came from Taylor from Chandler, Arizona. You know, she sent me an email, and she said, how do you balance your work and your personal lives? And I can tell you it's probably the most difficult thing that I am not very good at doing. Uh, I try every day to find that balance, um, and i probably suffer personally more than uh, than I do at work. Uh, work carries over. I've learned to curtail some of that on weekends and at night. I'm involved in so many different enterprises that it's difficult at times, and I am hands-on, and there are a lot of people whose lives are affected by what goes on with what we do every day. So taking on this show was something that was particularly of importance to me because it was something that would allow me to get out of myself and 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 look at my own journey and and ways that I could could approach it but it's a tough tough act to find a balance in your life i think that it has caused me at times to cheat my wife and my children and and myself because the most important thing you can have in your life is your spiritual center and your core and that's something i probably will work on for the rest of my life as i grow older and try to achieve more and more knowledge so um, 
you know, this this show today has been, a, again, another special show for me. Uh, I look forward to having Leslie Stahl next Friday. I'm a big fan of hers and her work that she's done for for many years. Uh, you know, Travel Plans gave me an opportunity to visit with some other very close friends and people that I really care about. And, you know, through it all, it's really about the journey. It's really about how one achieves, you know, whatever it is that, you want to achieve, and you, it's hard work. It's ninety percent perspiration and ten percent inspiration. So, you know, we're at that point in the show where it's really time to to kind of go to um, you know the end, uh, you know, uh, of this particular segment. And um, you know, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning into a current life on Voice America Variety Channel. This is your host Jimmy Gould signing off. And please join me next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, where Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes, CBS News correspondent, will join us. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, inspiration, and success. Thank you. And God bless you. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week.